Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys of What Culture here today to discuss what will happen when Vince McMahon is gone, mainly from WWE Creative. This is a topic that obviously has been, been debated many times over the years. It feels particularly pertinent right now, of course, Sige, with the ongoing allegations. I should point out we are recording this on Friday afternoon, just in case Things change from the time that we record this and it goes out. And there's a lot of speculation, obviously, with him stepping away from his role as CEO uh, and chairman, but still being involved in creative as to what would happen when he's completely out of everything. How do you see things happening, particularly with regard to to booking, Sige? Right. This is my hill to die on, one of my various wrestling hills. So forgive me and permit me just a, a sprawling rant just for about three minutes, right? WWE in its current operating model, is never again going to emulate or try to revive itself as a professional wrestling company. It's a sports entertainment content farm. It's never going to go back to what it was. Even then, like, 80s purists would say it never was anything, but you know what I mean? Like, it kind of was, and it was kind of great. It still adhered to um, old-fashioned wrestling booking, even if it was cartoonified, if that's even a word. (laughs) Basically, when Vince McMahon steps away from creative one way or another, WWE, the board, upper management, those involved in creative underneath Vince McMahon are not going to go and survey the independent wrestling landscape like they might have one day for talent and say, right, who's booking the hottest indie territory? Like your Gabe Sapolsky Mm -hmm. types. Yes, I know he made his way to WWE eventually, but he didn't really do anything. He was never going to replace Vince or anything like that. They're not going to go, right, Super Dragon... You know, PWG's been sort of a mainstay for years. Let's get him. Not happening. Not happening whatsoever, right? There's a show, right? It airs on Tuesday nights on national television, which should have more profile than it does. It doesn't. It's called NXT 2.0, right? Therein lies the answer to what WWE is going to be. They They have aspirations on the mainstream audience. They're never going to get them, but they have aspirations on them nonetheless. The best case scenario, right? is that they realize, right, okay, we don't want unscripted promos or wild, bloody angles or anything wrestling-y, but we could use the the resources and the writers to do something, and this is not going to happen because it's a weekly churn, 
but something akin to a kind of Marvel thing where every character is incredibly scripted and produced and there's different brands and the characters on those brands interact with other brands to build super events and I don't really know how Marvel works. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like big sort of ensemble casts coming together for big shows and like sort of really sophisticated way by, you know, not full Scorsese, but you know what I mean. The the answer lies in NXT 2.0. It has minimal Vince McMahon interference. It's completely and utterly tailored to his tastes, um, given that it's a kind of a Pritchard deal um, and the wacky cast of characters and the pranks and the way they treat certain sort of ethnic groups and the sexualization of it. It's geared towards Vince, but because he doesn't sort of run it day to day and it's not his main priority, the storylines on it, when wrestlers on suddenly released or promoted, they tend to make more sense and are more different to um, Raw and SmackDown. They're still completely wacky. They're still completely nonsensical. And they're still really weirdly divorced from wrestling where they have mafia turf wars and just nonsense and the like. But they have beginnings, ends, twists, conclusions. The writers, and I don't like this approach to professional wrestling, but I will say to their credit, as much as I'm reluctant to do that, they are capable of penning stories in the traditional sort of TV series episodic way. Not my thing in wrestling personally, but that's what the vision looks like. It's wacky universe nonsense with stupid characters that have very little to do with pro wrestling as written by credited sort of somewhat known writers, screenwriters, not bookers, except the stories get a chance to breathe. Now, they're not necessarily better stories. Looking at the ratings, they're not necessarily more popular stories, but you are going to see a continuation of this sort of weird Hollywood chasing model that coincidentally has coincided with WWE just tapering off and Uh, popularity since 2001, so it's never really worked, but I still insist that this is the way it's going to go. NXT 2.0 logic and continuity and sort of scope and ambition versus rematches every single week and stuff that just ends, like Zia leaves push or whatever. Um, I know the same thing sort of happened to in NXT as well, so maybe not the best (laughs) example, but that was black and gold when it was still good and still competitive. It's just never going to be a pro wrestling promotion ever again. It just might be a little bit more ambitious with a bit more continuity. Yeah, I think there's a general consensus that, you know, you and I enjoy a lot of the premium live events that WWE puts on. I do. Uh, You do as well, yeah. The wrestlers are really good. But we (laughs) sit here so many times and say... Do that, but just do that with your weekly TV as well. And and like Sid alluded to there, there's maybe a belief or a hope that that side of things will come more to the forefront when Vince is no longer involved in creative. But will anything actually change for you, Hamlet? No, I don't think so. Like, I don't want to like echo all of Cedric's points, but I completely agree with him. It's just because the evidence is there. The better part, of not just of NXT 2.0, but of 20 gradual years of the evidence is there. Vincent Mann, in my opinion, did one thing incredibly well when he bought WCW in 2001, and it certainly wasn't booking an invasion. What it was, was doing his best to try and insulate himself for ever having such a thing happen again, right? And it hasn't happened again. As much as it's great for wrestling fans that AEW exists, Vince McMahon or anybody at the high level internally within WWE consider themselves in a wrestling war because, as Vince has always said, he's not in the wrestling business. He probably finds it less than ideal. He's been very petty on occasion, we should point out. Massively (laughs) petty. He probably (laughs) finds it less than ideal that he basically sacrificed something that people genuinely enjoyed to try and stop AEW, and that failed. 
Like, it's still something he very clearly and humorously holds against Triple H to this day, right? But ultimately, on a grander scale, he spent the better part of those 20 years between 2001, well, sort of like 18, 19 years, between 2001 and AEW, needing to exist because there was almost no wrestling left, trying to make WWE what it is now, which is content. He's tried to spot... To his credit, I guess, he's tried to spot trends in the way that, say, television is being watched. He's kept, in the era of streaming, he's kept WWE the type of product that can dress itself up for live sports when it's not, and yet still be the sort of content that justifies its own streaming network when it doesn't, and yet he gets to be both. It's like there's there's actual genuine thought and planning gone into that. We talk about how great SmackDown Live was in 2016 because they were eyeing up massive TV rights two years later and dared to have to make the television good for a bit. SmackDown was a recap show for years, and they're like, we could do with a billion dollars off this. Should we just try for six months? Sure enough, <laughs> it actually works. There is some strategy to all of this, even if on the surface, as a wrestling fan, what you're watching is mostly nonsense. The strategy might change because obviously Vincent Mann has driven this, as we are told. He always drives everything. He hires company president. It's currently Nick's, Nick Khan. It used to be Barrios and Wilson. He hires these people that want to see through the vision he currently has in more of a business world because clearly he cannot be trusted to attend all those meetings. But ultimately, from a creative standpoint and an output standpoint, I would imagine he's probably never been happy with the look of it. In terms of seeing through what he probably always imagined, it's almost peak WWE. The At this point, Three years in, age-old argument that you can like AEW and WWE. Like it comes up every day. Institute we're talking about it over the desks today, based on some comments and various articles and things you see. Why that's a falsehood is yes, you can, but only in the sense that you can like AEW and Marvel, for an example, or AEW and Sci-Fi. You can like them both, but not as a wrestling fan. You can't because one isn't wrestling. And Vincent Mann's okay with that too. And everybody in that company is okay with that too. It's okay to like action films and comedy films, but don't say that action and comedy films are the same. Mm. And I think that's where the dividing line is between AEW. A wrestling product now exists, and it can coexist with whatever WWE is, but WWE isn't a wrestling show. And that's been to their massive, massive financial gain. So why even logically would they consider changing course at this point, even if Vincent Mann is no longer in the chair? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of who takes over, Sid sort of alluded to it there, that it's not going to be a sort of Gabe Sapolsky figure. And there's been a weird sort of gallows humour amongst the talent when all the changes have gone on with the allegations and, and what's happened with Vince and John Laurinaitis that Bruce Pritchard has been put in as interim uh, you know, head of talent relations and obviously Steph's been brought in as interim CEO and chairwoman. In terms of who takes over creative, I think the... The, the statement holds true that Vince knows about four people that he's going to select from if it's his decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, if it's his decision, that that like that joke was so important because Bruce Pritchard in particular was somebody that Stephanie McMahon didn't make much of a secret of not really liking. And Stephanie McMahon and Triple H worked... It's funny how she picked him. <laughs> yeah. It, they worked quite hard to rebadge what the internal status of WWE looked like throughout much of the 2010s when the likes of a John Laurinaitis was being shifted out of talent relations, when a Bruce Pritchard was nowhere near. And suddenly, as Vincent Mann decided to reassume a bit more power in that role, those two both get brought back in. Those two were both rocketed back up to the top table yet again. As soon as Vincent Mann and John Laurinaitis exit stage left, Stephanie McMahon, who is supposedly in control of this now, has put Bruce Pritchard in place. It doesn't really all tie together, that sort of thing. It also very much feels like she's just a puppet for Vincent Mann. It's a corporate look. It kind of looks good from them. It's amazing how billions of dollars they're making, a relationship with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, the Saudi Arabian Sports Authority, they still want you to believe this is a mom-and-pop shop. Like, even now, the family business, you know, because of the McMahons, and it's, it's still Vincent Linda mortgaging everything on WrestleMania 1 and all that sort of stuff, even though it couldn't be further away from that, and that's okay. Things change. Um, but I think it's like Stephanie McMahon fit more of a profile of the company they want to put across rather than somebody that will ever make decisions long term. Nick Cart, for all that I love a Jeff Jarrett joke as much as the next man, and it could be the greatest chess mover Cody Rhodes has ever played coming back into the company this time with executive experience. Nick Khan, probably his placement currently probably reveals more about a future without Vince. They've hired quite a ruthless corporate figure, and these corporate figures tend to only spend between two and four years, swinging the axe, justifying enormous cuts by saying, look how much money we've saved, cutting a one or two good deals and saying, and look how much we've made, and then leaving and moving on to the next one. That's fairly common in ginormous corporate culture. And WWE, again, belong more in conversations of ginormous corporate culture than they do pro wrestling. For me, very quickly, in terms of the actual creative, it won't be Vince's decision. He's not going to say, well, you know... I'm going to willingly cede control yeah, over the two. Reins, yeah, um, that's, that's not happening. Um, he'll be dragged, kicking and screaming, whichever way it goes. Um, I think temporarily on an in- interim basis, it would be Pritchard because he knows it inside out. He's like, he's the Steve Bruce, uh, <laughs> Sam Allardyce, Tony Pulis. Well, he knows the club inside out, <laughs> even though he's absolutely useless. Anyone that's ever been a fan ends up hating him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone hates him. He's absolutely useless. But, you know, he knows the club inside out. So give it him till the end of the season. Give it uh, Pritch, give, <laughs> give it Pritchy till the end of the season. <laughs> so it will be Pritchard. Bruce. It will be Bruce. Steve Bruce Pritchard. It'll be Steve Bruce Pritchard for like a couple of months and then they'll realize this guy sucks and he's like just horrible to deal with. Um, and they will give it to like a traditional TV, like TV show, showrunner type. Mm. 
someone who's so good at writing that they've just sort of been able to sort of oversee the whole process, delegate, and all the rest of it. It will be a showrunner. The word booker in the event of Vince McMahon's departure, will evolve into showrunner. I've got a feeling they will use that exact terminology, in fact, to make it feel more like a legitimate enterprise, which they are so desperate to be. We've, on several podcasts in the past, uh, me and Cedric especially, have sung the praises of Chris Kresge. It wasn't like he booked Mid-South in the 80s or something. He just knew his way around how to tell a story and dared to write his ideas on a whiteboard from beginning to end. There is precedent that this can work mm. in pro wrestling. Yeah. It's just that within like the warped system. Because again, imagine Chris Kresge's whiteboard and then like 10 minutes before showtime, Vincent Mann just takes an eraser to it yeah. and says, no, we're not doing that. Or just deletes one section of the story. It just he, disrupts everything. Yeah, it just ruins all the planning that goes into it. So that's not uh, something like a showrunner or like what Kresge's role was at the time. That's not even that controversial within wrestling. Wrestling is still a TV mm. show and can function that way. It's just you've got one guy. Maybe maybe NXT 2.0 is a clue that Bruce Pritchard won't do that as much in his creative in a creative capacity. Maybe we'll at least see something through. It's bad Kresge, isn't it? NXT 2.0 is yeah, bad yeah. Kresge. He will see things through even if they're objectively failing because that was the plan and we'll kind of just see it through at the end. Finally, very quickly, in terms of, you know, like you say, whoever takes OWE Creative, it's still going to go via the same sort of blueprint for the reasons you've just laid out there. If there is any hope for, for people out there, is it that maybe some superstars that they've maybe forgotten or overlooked finally get their moment? Um, that's a very interesting question. Will they still sort of reimagine? It'll be whoever connects. It'll be whoever connects on the metrics, and they will go hard, hard, hard on the data. It'll be a data company. Um, whoever is seen to connect with the public and draw money and draw interest, sustained interest over their quarter-hour segments on television, I just can't imagine it being anything more. Because we know Vince will push people in spite of what their monetary value is because he just likes them and mm -hmm. it's his thing and he's an autocrat. Yes, if no, if for no other reason, and there's never been another reason other than this guy makes money, let's go with him. Nepotism's been rife, but if there's no one um, sort of connected to the roster or has this sort of weird personal bias at the helm of it, then yes, for monetary reasons, but when has there been anything else? I think what we're seeing as well, and Vincent Mann represents a sect of billionaires that came very good in the 70s, 80s, and 90s through their megalomaniacal impulses, whether it was people that you know just owned massive brands, potential future, and now thankfully ex-presidents, or indeed Vincent Mann himself. Like So much of the wealth that was amassed and so much of the success of these companies came from one or two impulses that came really, really good, and then unilateral trust in those impulses even to this day, when some of them are literally tearing up scripts or saying that doesn't work, and countless people tell them, well, we have to do this. No, we're not doing it, and my way has always been the way. The advent of um, technology and data and tech bros becoming this new generation of millionaires, they've done it through data, they've done it through, and sometimes this is cold and callous, but like cold hard facts of data, of Google Trends, of quarter hour ratings and things like that. AW have a smaller version of that with Chris Harrington, uh, Mookie, where they'll look like the... Tony Khan is involved in data, and you know we don't know how much that impacts the formatting of all the wrestling, but it's something as a modern company with modern people at the helm, they're trying to factor in. It does sort of feel like that's actually to the betterment of the product, because when you've got somebody at the top who makes decisions and can't really give you good reasons mm -hmm. why, or rational explanations, or data to back these things up, wrestlers themselves could come forth to say, well, I've sold this much merch, or the one time you let me have a run, 
like this pay-per-view sold or network subs went up or whatever, and he can just poo-poo them and say, no, you're just not for me, so that's not happening. Moving away from that is genuinely for the betterment of probably for the industry because it encourages talent to compete on more fairer grounds. Mm. Size won't make a difference because if, if the little guy outdraws the big guy, the little guy will probably get seen more and get pushed more subsequently. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, let us know yeah, your theories yeah. uh, on what's going to happen when Vince McMahon is gone from WWE Creative in the comments section below or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. But this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadley Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.